Heaven high. Heaven high, everybody. How are you? And you? I wasn't asking you. I was asking the listener. I don't care how you are. It did seem out of character to, to ponder about my mental and, well and physical well-beings. This is Rum Doings, episode 191. The topic today is, never mind space, what about the kiddies in the hospitals? <laughs> How wooed. Hmm. So, uh, at Rum Doings, podcast at rumdoings.com, we had a huge amount of feedback <laughs> from our transatlantic one. It's interesting, we recorded a transatlantic podcast, which we then broadcast to the whole world. Uh, can you imagine thinking about that 30 years ago when a, a, a little bit of satellite time cost you eight billion trillion dollars per second and they even had the beatles sing love 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 to show how wonderful it was and yet we just we just did it in a hotel room in a bedroom and it just worked and then nobody cared i hate to break it to you but that was a lot the beatles were a lot more than 30 years ago uh, yeah but no they weren't they were 30 Lenin years was ago dead John. 40 years ago john the beatles were 30 years ago sorry i apologize you stop your nonsense. The Beatles were 30 years ago. Rum Doings was about... No, Rum Doings started about three years ago. Brass Eye was about six years ago. That's about right, isn't it? That sounds fair to me. Yeah. And on the hour... Do you know, when you said the Brass Eye six years... No, listen to me now. When you said that Brass Eye was six years ago, I was like, yeah, because it's, it's not that much less than the 10 years it really is. And then I remember that it's not 10 years. <laughs> it's not oh. okay. It's not okay. It's not. It shouldn't be allowed. Down with this sort of thing. Indeed. So the first thing we have to talk about is our changing the way numbers are written. Um, you, I don't know the correct words. You will. So uh, this is the hundred ninety first episode. Yes. But it, in fact, it is the hundred ninety fifth. What? Well, not hundred ninety one episode. Uh, that, so so. How did you want to say it? We're then? universaling th. Oh, okay. So, um, no, no, st. But, but no. does that does that work for every number? Can you count every number up to infinity and just see that it works, please? Begin. Okay. Yep, it's all good. Okay. It, uh, what? So you're going to say once? This is the hundred ninety one episode. Because when I update the episodes, I cut and paste the previous one and then change all the important text and then overwrite all the numbers. But when it comes to the first three of any decade of episodes. Mm-hmm. I have to then change the the prefix as well, the suffix as well, and it infuriates me, Nicholas. So it's gone. That's banned. It's now one hundred one hundred ninety one, hundred ninety two, hundred ninety three, hundred ninety fourth, and so on. Oh dear! That's just the way it is. Everyone's got to update now. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I can only think that there's going to be some sort of rebellion, and there'll probably be. I don't think UKIP will be happy. <laughs> I imagine not. They'll say, save, save the suffix. <laughs> Why is the UKIP symbol still a pound? A pound sign. Yeah. And it's so tacky as well. It's like yeah. some awful word, art, yellow on purple word art as well. Have you been enjoying the, um, since last week, the, that he, the, the UKIP have reformed again? Like a... so They're all back together now. If, if the band's back together and they've, they've got rid of the managers and the uh, recording p- uh, people, I've not had much sleep. I apologise, listener. Why didn't you sleep? Uh, we, uh, n- neither of us could sleep last night, despite the baby being fine. What the hell's wrong with you? I don't know. Why couldn't you sleep? It's just it was hot and un- I, was both, I was uncomfortable and then I wasn't tired and then Toby was waking up a bit and... Don't blame the baby for your own malfeasance. <laughs> and then I was up with him. I wasn't too bad today. I, I, I started work at 10 to 6 today. Really? 10 to, so se- you... 10 to, se- 10 to 7, sorry. 10 to 6. So you're finishing your work? I just, yeah, I've just finished for the day. Excellent. I, oh, I, I took... If only that were true. Oh. I, I, I went with Judy to... Uh, the, the, the PTA arranged a breakfast reading. Um, at a school where they basically go in the hall, they put down lots of cushions and chairs and they bring out all the books from the library and and a local bakery gave a big pot of croissant for people oh, to have and, and apple juice and so on. Great breakfast for me. And uh, <laughs> Victoria suggested they might want some yoghurt, but uh, the large 
PTA uh, chief hen decided that that was really unnecessary, so we didn't have any. And we were reading just, books and just stuff. Just sugar pastry and sugar juice. And then, of course, this uh, this explains what happens in a matriarch. It's very interesting. Um, as you might imagine, being an, an infant and junior school, there are no male members of faculty Ugh. at all. Not well, they'd one. all be pedos if they were. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you should say that. Also, very few because of because of the and the PTA is all women, so very few men obviously turn up to anything because it's kind of made very clear it's not really their um, they're not really welcome. Yeah. So. I noticed a lot of the ladies who were there were taking photos on their phones of their children reading and sitting on the little sofas with the books and with their croissants and so on. So I, so I took out my phone and decided to take a picture. I took a picture of Judy um, while she was sitting listening to a book being read. And were immediately, you rugby tackled? Did they, were you shoulder charged? Almost. Rugby tackled to the ground? Immediately, um, the, 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 the chief mother hen come of, of of the PTA running up to me saying actually it's school policy we don't take photographs of children in in, in school sorry can you just put the phone back thanks sorry yeah uh, and she then proceeded <laughs> about five minutes later to take lots of photos with a camera of all the children <laughs> and then afterwards um <laughs> it's so stereotypical afterwards one of the teachers of all the people there asked me to help her to help carry some uh, furniture back to the library there was a little baby sofa and that kind of thing so i was asked to carry the furniture back <laughs> to the library so i did and then on walking back from the library um i was accosted by three separate members of staff saying hello can i help you can i ask what you're doing here uh, <laughs> it's a, plenty of women were walking up and down from the others but funnily enough i was the one who was asked to so it's clear that um this is it's like that it's like that two ronnie sketch you know when the worm, the turned. worm has turned it was interesting to feel what it's going to be like in our future matriarchy john and it's not going to be pleasant <laughs> for you but there you are you le- you'll learn your place soon enough. why don't you join the pta i did join the pta and i was there for the first two meetings all they talk about in the pta and i'm not really exaggerating is these tat catalogs where they can order party streamers and different colors of card for the next pta cake meeting and things like that i thought the pta (laughs) would be discussing you know how can we engage children more in this that and the other what do we do with the governors but no 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 they're not interested in that they're interested in arranging um cake days and movie nights and where can we get cheap popcorn and uh, does anybody know how to uh order a bulk lot of of uh stencils and at that point i thought no thank you but i am standing to be a, a school parent governor Oh, good for you. That one other, one other father is. He's a builder. Is he a black? No, 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 no black people have actually applied for student governor. That I no, actually, no, I'm wrong. There is one that did. Um, one of uh, Judy's friends' mums, and she uh, she deals with uh, troubled children on probation. So it'll be a useful uh, oh, experience for her as a parent governor. It it is interesting, actually. I mean, Ju- Judith is definitely is she yeah i think she's in the minority as a pink girl at the school which is it's interesting to be in that experience uh to have that experience i envy um, that i envy that for toby i would love but for it's, toby to have that but the touch start toby's going to be in a in a ghastly glowy white classroom it was it was it, it was quite funny judy went to her friend's birthday party which was funnily enough held at mcdonald's at the weekend oh, and lovely. And they had, and a black little girl. And so there were a lot of black, black kids there. And Victoria said how they were all, and she said it was such a horrible, um, stereotype and that all the little girls were dancing really nice and so on. And Judy was kind of doing that little shuffle from side to side. Oh no, she's doing little white girl dancing. Oh no. Why were they dancing in McDonald's? The McDonald's hold the whole party thing. They've got a, like a lady, they, you know, like it's in the room downstairs and the lady comes and they play party games and play music and dance and then mm. they order their food. I mean, try to be sniffy about it but the kids really liked it and judy liked her chicken nuggets so you know what can we say excellent there are worse there are worse places than mcdonald's i think i had a party at the wimpy once (laughs) you see party at mcdonald's is the sort of thing i can think of as a kid i would have liked but actually even as a kid i was a wimpy party is a bit you know this poor woman came out dressed up as mr wimpy (laughs) and i seem to remember that we stamped on her giant feet (laughs) <laughs> you were nasty people. That's the sort of my sole memory of that party is, is is stamping on the feet of the poor lady who was forced probably on less than min- there wasn't minimum wage then. No. So 
Well, he was probably a just a slave. Salary. He was probably yeah. just a slave. Yeah. Mr. Do we have a terrible delay today? I think we have a bad delay. Promise? When we were counting down, were you trying to be really prompt? I was fine. Oh, there was a big... We've got a big delay today. That's all right. You'll be able to synchronise everything via magic. Oh, so, but when I synchronise the things, I'll go... Oh, I'm sorry, what? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, why don't you ever come to London anymore? What's wrong with you? It's a ghastly, stinky uh, place. It's full of smoke and fog and urchins. And people who refuse to vote UKIP. I know, that's why I hate most Labour. about it. Yes. Well, those Labour every... voters, woo. If the whole country had voted like London voted, there would have been a Labour landslide. And UKIP would have got nothing. What a terrible city. <laughs> but isn't that just because it's full of dirty immigrants? Interalia, although even the um, the non-immigrant ones tend to... But like that. that's actually the funny thing. The more you're around these people and they're your children's school friends and that kind of thing, surprisingly, the less likely you are to want to throw them down a well. What a massive coincidence. What a complete surprise. Yes. How surprising that you should have done so well in the north and the southwest. In, in those areas where, yeah, <laughs> yes. where, where, they're fa- where, where immigrants are fairy tale monsters rather than <laughs> next door neighbours. Yeah. So, of course, they did brilliantly well in Cornwall and Devon where... Yeah. Uh, just not being Cornish is considered uh, foreign. <laughs> well, well, uh, yeah, exactly. I think if you're in, uh, if 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 you're in Penzance, not being Penzancean is considered a bit suspicious. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. he doesn't know that she, that child's not being taught Penzancean. Excuse me, can you stop calling it by its slave name? It's called Colonel. <laughs> it's quite funny at the Penzance railway station. The uh, the railway station sign is first in Cornish and then in English. Oh, well, good grief. I was reading up on this recently about how until, I think, 2004, it was an officially dead language. And then Hooray! Busybody do-gooding nitwits. Oh. Do-do-badding. Do-badding. <laughs> they revived a dead language because it's really important to their culture. And now the, the, uh, the uh, what is it, the UN, UNACO, whoever it is in charge of this. Have to have had to recognise it as a living language again because of the four thousand people who, who petulantly insist on speaking it. Yes, uh, and it's quite funny that they're now trying to get get it taught at Cornish schools as they a mandatory subject. Succeeding in getting it taught at Cornish schools, hooray! What we need is a, a, a greater a greater division between communication. That's what we need. Yes. Most of all. Well, we've discussed this before, and I've and people have attacked me, but I've said no. I, of all people, love languages, and I love to learn all weird yeah, languages. You learn a language. And, you were learning a language a year at, uh, at one point. And and look, even and I, I'm happy that people study it as an academic study, and they keep the poetry alive, and they uh, understand what makes it special. But don't use it as a divisive political tool. That's all I ask. Don't use it as a thing to say, look, we're different from you and we're going to start speaking away so that you can't understand anything we say because that's a good thing. No. Same with the bloody Welsh. <laughs> I agree. agree. Okay, good. We, we, no we, it's agree. good to renew, renew these things. We haven't changed our minds subsequently. Good. Good. It's true. I, I do wonder if it's the same people who uh, insist on learning parochial and pointless divisive languages who also say bloody immigrants come in this country don't learn the language i would imagine so yes very I much so. i think there would be a, if, if, if they would be caught in a very big sticky intersection of a venn diagram <laughs> uh, i can well well imagine where, where are you going on holiday go to center parks oh don't be ridiculous <laughs> no, seriously just down the road seriously yeah seriously when we looked at Centre Parks, it was weirdly expensive. It's, is it still? It is. And, and the, it's, you know how... It ended up, are... with, with all the food and all the activities, it ended up basically costing not much less than a cruise, I seem to remember. You know, uh, a lot of holidays are all-inclusive. Yes. Centre Parks appears to be all-exclusive. Yeah, it's non-exclusive holiday. It's, yeah, I've noticed that. Oh, you wish to breathe? Well, that'll be 12 <laughs> exactly. pence per breath. So yes, they're going to nickel and dime us at every turn, but we're we're going for just for four nights, and um, yeah. we're quite happy not to go. Laura kept saying, "Well, don't you want to do some archery? Don't you?" And I was like, "No, because I've left the scouts." 
<laughs> it's like a very expensive scout holiday. Exactly. Now, if I were uh, archery, I have no problems with it at all. I used to enjoy it. But mm. um, I think it would be an interesting pursuit to take up, but not something to do on a four-day holiday for an afternoon for £45,000. The thing that I found enticing about Centre Parks when, when I was young and I'd first heard about it is I thought the whole thing, the whole forest... Was acres under the and dome. acres were under a geodesic dome. I think is, I oh, no. kind of thought that until last week. Yeah. Oh no, it's just the pool area. It's just yeah. it's just a it's just a Lido. Oh, oh no. But it's the holiday weather can't spoil. Except yeah, as long as you sit in the in the one small area that's under the, the dome. Oh imagine dome. if it were. That would be so cool just one geophysic dome. It would be amazing. Then I would uh geodesic. Ge- I, I would, the geophysic, didn't know, which is a whole other type of dome. I, I would be prepared to pay that money if they'd actually built a a, a sort of twenty square, twenty round mile dome. That would be worth <laughs> it. Well, we've ended up we've got a deal on the place and it looks like it's quite nice and We'll see what it's like. It'll be good for the boy, and we're only down the road if anything goes horribly yeah. wrong. And you can report back as well um, afterwards on the podcast. Exactly. Let other people know whether it's worthwhile doing. And then, and then next year, Toby will be old enough, and we can go. Um, we can go on maybe to well, the Mediterranean. Well, if there's on one to go on, we looked into cruises. They, I don't know what's going on, but they aren't. They really aren't there this year. No, they've all gone. Maybe maybe the, maybe the maybe the maybe uh, the sea has leaked and it's there's no more sea left. There's too much sea. That's what we keep being told. <laughs> yeah, by 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 those people. Next thing you'll be telling me that they landed a man on the moon. <laughs> Did mm. you? Here's a sentence you wouldn't be expecting to hear out loud. Go on. There was, there was a good afternoon play on Radio Four last week. That'd be ludicrous. It was, I know. It's crazy. Was it about was it about an embittered ex Welsh miner complaining about uh, the immigrants? It was about an uh, an Indian family who'd recently moved to London and was struggling with the adjustment. The same thing. It wasn't really. But that is, I think, forty seven percent of all plays on the afternoon. Uh, uh, another one is a woman suffering from depression, pretending that she isn't because her relationship's falling apart, and then the, she gets a terminal illness. The wacky comedy where the two people are trying to do a heist that was, they're stuck. that was literally on this week or they're stuck in a lift and then they get all <sighs> tetchy oh it's so but mostly it's just about people being sad and their families not being working out yes we should anyway. actually write we should we should write a um <laughs> an afternoon play an afternoon play for radio 4 and just you know the thing is do it do it in as lo- pretty much as long as it takes to broadcast, so don't allow for rewrites or anything. There's just <laughs> see see how long it is takes actually to churn these things out. It's funny. I was um uh, and 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 keep your thought that you were you were about to say because yeah. I was I was a uh, a few years ago I was at a meeting where we were actually discussing what podcasts were and it was to the society of authors and and what their potential was and so on. And oh, I, I remember, had the, yes, yeah, and I, remember I had the uh, BBC head of uh, new media or something next to me at the time and in the in this seminar group, there were a bunch of um, Radio 4 playwrights. Uh, <laughs> and I was discussing things about how you know, you could uh, record podcasts on MP3s, no DRM, and then you can just distribute them wherever you want. And they were going on, but, 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 but how will we get protected for our royalties? And, and what if people just share them and we don't get paid? You write plays for Radio 4. <laughs> Um, of all the people to be brainwashed, um, you are the least convincing. <laughs> it's like you know, at least at least other so-called artists, when they go on about this false consciousness, oh, I need the copyright 70 years after my death. At least they've bought the very unlikely lottery ticket. You haven't even bought a lottery ticket and you're still wondering about the day you're going to win it. I mean, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Radio, radio 4 comes. So you saw a good you, you, you heard a good Radio 4 play, did you? I hope you didn't pirate it. Uh, I didn't. I have, do you know, I haven't heard the very end yet, though, which I'm quite looking forward to hearing because it's all quite good. But What's it's all it the about? Players. It's about um, an alternate history. What if mm-hmm. uh, Neil and Buzz Armstrong's uh, landing on the moon failed and they had they died up there and it was uh-huh. like running with what happens then? So it's about the, the consequences of that in, to America and the Cold War. Actually, that is quite interesting. I know. And, and I wonder if they actually mission. used Nixon. You know, Nixon prepared a speech and the speech they, has been leaked. Exactly. I believe yeah. that was the inspiration for the place. So it yeah. begins with a reading of Nixon's uh, speech, which is a kid is having to learn for his school homework. Right. As one of the great speeches. 
Um, And then it it goes on. It's about a a journalist investigating what's happening there. And then they they, they send up a mission to retrieve the bodies just for PR, basically. Yeah. Um, Don't spoil it. No spoilers. There's all sorts of stuff going on. But it isn't space aliens. It's actually it's a really interesting uh, alternate history storyline. And here's why it was good. I'm going to listen to it. Here's why it was good. Mm -hmm. It was made in America and recorded by Americans. (laughs) Oh, of course. Yes. Because that's my other thing, a favourite thing about Radio 4 plays, is their absolute refusal to ever use American actors for American characters. Mm. They're just some British person doing what they think is an American accent. No, very, very occasionally, they'll do something weird, like I'll get really, really famous Kevin American... Kevin Spacey. Yeah, they'll get Kevin Spacey, or they'll, or they'll, they'll get Kim Bessinger one day for some reason to, do, <laughs> to yes. play a role in an afternoon play on Radio 4. I think, what? And then back to non-entities for the next couple of weeks. This is a weird thing about Radio 4 and its plays. There probably is one good Radio 4 play a month, I'd say. Yeah, Law of Averages. If you've got about 30, you've got about 30 of them a month, one of them will probably be good. What they should do is at the end of the year, they should release the, the, the 10 to 12 good Radio 4 plays we broadcast this year. That's on a special, <laughs> on special, special MP3 download pack. Yeah, they should. Uh, or perhaps on, on a 33 and a third RPM LP. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Except you forget LPs, they could only fit, they couldn't fit enough. It, it is weird, you, you, you reconfigure your expectations of what media used to be able to fit. And I thought, uh, oh, well, a CD probably had about three, only three or four out. No, a CD had, you know... Hour and six minutes. Yeah, and it's weird to think that now, that that was considered acceptable. So a CD, a whole CD could couldn't have fit some of the podcasts we've recorded and it just seems odd it seems odd that a media should be allowed to be like that and even an lp even less 40 minutes kind of stretching it isn't it weird what we used to put up with i didn't i didn't put up with it that's the difference no, no you didn't you just said i refuse to use I any media put until my foot it's down. Exactly. effectively effectively infinite solid state hard drives was the first time i was willing to accept the existence of media yes Oh, SSDs are lovely, aren't they? They are good, aren't they? I've got a... a I've only, the, the largest I've got is only half a gig, though. Uh, and half a you've got your two terabyte SSD. Sorry, half a gig? Yeah, half... No, yeah, that's right. No, half, sorry, 500 gig. 512 megabytes. There was a time where 512 megabytes is amazing. My first hard drive that I got for the school's Amiga that we used for video editing had 20 meg, and that was more than enough. Yes, I remember... I, I seem to have... I remember having a PC hard drive that was 80 megabytes. Again, this is similar to what I've just said. We kind of reconfigure the units in our mind. So say, oh, yeah, it was only 80 gig. No, no, that was 80 megabytes. You know, you have to kind of remind yourself that, no, we're talking different orders of magnitude. Oh, yeah, that was only 80. What? Oh, no, it wasn't 80. It was 80 meg. And it's it's kind of you have to do about a double take to yourself. Competent, capable computers able Mm. to do extraordinary feats that with less memory than saving an empty word file. Yes. The, the Amiga 500 that I had had came with 512 kilobytes of RAM, uh-huh. half a megabyte of RAM, uh, and no hard drive. And on it, I could use Deluxe Paint to create yeah. uh, long animations. How the hell? I, of course, had a, a 512, uh, an yeah. ST512. Um, I remember upgrading to the, the 1040, was it, or 1020? I can't remember. Yeah, next ST up. Uh, yeah. 1024, of course. Of course. And of course. And yeah, I remember upgrading to that. That was very exciting. And we had a B drive. Anyway, let's stop it. We're getting close to children's television in the pub. Do you, is there a lot of children's television in the pub? Oh, you must know that. Awful. Oh, do you remember, do you remember Midwich Cuckoos? Do you remember, uh, do you remember the, the, your mother wouldn't like it? Do you remember? Basically, you remember? basically TV cream. Exactly. But which is fine. And no, I, here's what's interesting. I love it. I love it. No, but something. No, but something. Something really interesting has happened with TV Cream. When TV Cream first started, which must be how long ago now? Nearly fifteen, twenty years ago. Oh, yeah, fif- yeah, nearly, yeah. nearly twenty years. The do you remember stories that they were telling are now already oh. a generation out of date. And indeed, the TV shows that were on at the time are now do you remembers. Yeah, so it's like, do you remember Tiz Was is now two leaps away. Do you remember going live, I guess people would say now. Yeah, and even that is Do probably... you remember live and kicking? Even that, yeah. Do what, you remember what? the concept of Saturday morning children's television? Do you remember the concept... Uh, Judith now goes onto our television 
uh-huh. uh, and gets has the remote because it's, it's it's a smart TV. She uses the remote control, goes into the iPlayer menu, and selects which program she wishes to watch from uh, CBB's iPlayer. I think wow. this for this is for her is what television is. And wow, it makes me a bit sad because I quite like the enforced serendipity of broadcast television. Right, I like the fact that. Oh, this is all that's on. We will have to just sit through that weird little documentary or we will just have to sit through that strange little comedy that we've never seen because that's all there is. That kind of forces you to try something new. The uh, current generation is never going to have to ever be challenged to do anything that isn't already known to them. And that's a little bit problematic. It is very problematic. Look what it does to music, commercial radio. Is there still commercial radio? There's so much commercial radio. Why? Because people like to listen to what's familiar and unthreatening. So why do they just have an eternal Spotify playlist? Why do they have commercial radio? I don't know. Maybe they like the adverts. How strange. Go on down to Discount Discount Lightbulbs Warehouse, where Jim and Pat will measure your lightbulbs for free. Well, we always discussed right quite early on how the, the audio mix of commercial radio, you can tell within... Yes. Uh, within about 10 seconds of listening to it, that that's commercial radio and it's not a BBC station. The, the, the compression and the, the uh, reaching the edges of tolerance are, are, are boosted right up. And then, of course, when the adverts come on, the whole radio disintegrates. <laughs> Why is it that you can tell the difference between a local TV commercial and a national TV commercial? Why... I- don't, Why I've never do seen, local TV commercial mm, people insist on using technology that must be 40 or 50 years old in order to make their adverts look so poor quality? They're probably using my old Amiga 500. They must be. Yeah. But I, don't under, I genuinely don't understand this. Like, Why, do, why does a, an advert for the local sofa shop look mm-hmm. like it's a local... Like you can tell it's a local advert because of the film quality, there's just uh, everything, compared mm. to the advert for the national so, sofa shop. Why? I barely see any adverts anymore, let alone local ones, because there aren't local ones in London that much. But I think you where what what what's your region? What's your region? What's your region? Southwest. So so yeah, you must see lots of weird little adverts for. Well, we don't. I see lots of foreigner exterminators and things. Yeah. Our television refuses to acknowledge that we're in the southwest. It thinks we're in the Midlands. Does it? So when we watch ITV, we get local adverts for the Midlands. And you say to me, when do you watch ITV, John? And I say to you, tipping point. And you What's apologize. a tipping point? What's tipping point? What's tipping How point? How dare you? I dare very well, thank you, and you? Uh, uh, to, uh, to the best of my ability, as often as I, is, is appropriate. Who durf ye? Tipping point is the greatest thing on television. It uh, is a quiz show mm-hmm. in which correctly answering questions... Mm-hmm. Gets you giant tokens to put into a massive wall-sized 2P machine. Uh, sorry, I, my brain <laughs> fell asleep while you described it there. You said 2P. And Dang. Then, uh, so it's the contestants have to put the counts in and they go down and they have to... <laughs> it's my favourite thing about Tipping Point. First of all, it's presented by that nice man off of GMTV. I've never actually seen on GMTV. The, one with the, sad, the one with the sad, sleepy eyes don't know what you're talking about but it doesn't matter they're all rubbish good um good. and they they have to they have to pick a drop zone from drop zone one two three or four and they go uh drop zone three please okay drop zone light up drop zone three <laughs> it's so serious and then mm. the co- to- the counter goes padunk 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 down through all the pegs and then lands on the counters below and then maybe it pushes some over and then maybe it not and then if they push over they win money right it's literally a 2p machine quiz show Oh my goodness! It's so fantastically awful and cathartic to watch. Talking about cathartic things to watch, cozy yes. things. A very good recommendation if you. I had a very early flight back to the UK because I take the early the morning flight because it works nicer because then you arrive if in the UK at night and go to one. bed. Only from New York, you can't yes, really get it from indeed. anywhere else. And so I, I like to to go to bed a little earlier and just relax the night before. So because you have to get up quite early mm-hmm. and. I'd never watched it before, uh, and I mentioned this to you, Parks and Recreation. I've seen the pilot. I saw the, yeah, I started with the pilot and I watched the first series that night. And it's just, it's it's like warm, lovely milky tea. Very nice. It's funny that you didn't like 30 Rock, but you do like that. I didn't like 30 Rock because I think it, it felt more strained. Right. This felt much more 
at ease with itself. 30 Rock was trying very hard in a way that I thought this one wasn't. And I also quite like the conceit in that, um, you know, parks and recreation, they work for the government, the local government parks and recreation department. And this whole notion that Americans don't like government uh, and yet they want to use the services of government is, is, is played with in a quite subtle and sometimes not too subtle way. And the fact that the person in charge is a libertarian who's trying to be as incompetent as possible to prove how terrible government is and that kind of thing. So it's, that's Amy it's, Poehler, isn't it? I like Amy Poehler. No, 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 no. That, no the, the, the person in charge is Ron Swanson. Oh, I see. You know, the one who, um, who, who was given a salad and says, no, I, I don't want the food my food eats, etc. <laughs> so, yes, no, I would enjoy your experiencing it. Hmm. Hmm. My favourite sitcom that you'd hate is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No, I don't even like the title. Anything with the word Brooklyn in it is, again, trying too hard. <laughs> it's, a, it's a police comedy with Andy Samberg and um, <laughs> my favourite actor of all time, Andre Brower. I don't know who he is. Andre, that's because you're an ignoramus. Andre Brower, it was, uh, I first saw him in Homicide Life on the Streets and he <sighs> has an amazing voice. He's so cool. And he's never seen him do comedy before and he's so funny. I love really? Andre Brower. You got it. Yeah, he's very funny. Whiplash is a very good movie. I is watched that, it on the is plane. Is that the, the drumming one? Yes. I've been put off because it's a film about drumming. No, it doesn't matter. It's, it's got J.K. Simmons in it, and I love him. Who is J.K. Simmons? He's the baldy head man. Oh, his performance is amazing. You definitely should watch it. If you like him as an actor, I don't think he's ever done it better. And just the the, the character is astonishing, and the ambiguity of his ambitions and uh, okay. drives. It, you will You will love it. It's a very good film. Have you seen Mad Max yet? No. Oh, I, ref- I refuse. I refuse to watch movies in which which ladies are given prominent parts. Sorry, <laughs> it's just my it's my rebellion against what 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 Judy schools become. I've got a whole. That's, that's fair. It's a fair response. The one small corner of the earth where uh, men can still be men, <laughs> where they're oppressed everywhere else. It's true. It is funny, though. I think there will come a day where, because men are pretty much redundant, where they, they will be oppressed. I think there will be a worm has turned day, because I think women will take over, because in most things they handle things better. And I think when they have the technology to do it, men will be finished. What about if... So enjoy, enjoy your sunset of your, of your sex, John. Yeah, but Nick, what about cliched example of sexism? What about Just fill in your uh, own one there? Okay. Uh, uh, what about what about if these women suddenly need to open a pickle jar? Exactly. What if they need okay. to move the the dining room table, or indeed move the move the little sofa back to the school library? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. Where you have yeah. to run the pedo gauntlet. <laughs> I, I certainly have no fear that anybody's ever. Well, actually, no. All they have to do is uh, have a, a, a lady pedo or have, have a, a fill at that school. Yes. I mean, any lady pedo at that school really will 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 will, will have a banquet. <laughs> is that on the on the the the, the brochure the brochure yeah. brochure i don't want toby to go to school how's um, judy coping with it she she's okay but i've noticed that the last two days as she gets to the school line she's complained she's had a tummy ache ah. you know and so but, i mean the tummy ache goes away but there's just this little I think she's had very nice morning at home where she's been playing with her toys and then she has to go up and go to school. And I think yeah. it's been, well, I've got a bit of a tummy ache, but she's okay once she gets in and apparently there's no further issue. Um, mm. Just waiting in line outside, suddenly she realises, oh, I'm entering a regimented uh, uh, organisation here, which maybe is workhouse. slightly less... In- yeah, I'm, I'm entering the workhouse. And she's beginning to notice it's a workhouse, I guess. But there we are. It could be worse, could be worse. Toby has started to respond to things directly. So when Laura waves and says "hiya" to him from across the room, he goes "ba ba ba" back at her. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Because remember, the child will pick up the intonations and phonemes of usually the mother's accent. So going, oh, that's true. So that's a good point. <laughs> oh, you're going to have to send him to elocution lessons, will you? Uh, uh, my. Can I have a bit more milk, please, Daddy? <laughs> right. Off to elocution with you. We're sending you to Mr. Higgins. The doctor. <laughs> did Henry Higgins have a PhD? He must have. I assume he did. Yeah. So, yes, I do worry about uh, his the, 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 his lack of exposure to the letter T that he gets from his mother. Ugh. 
Warning, net migration to UK reaches 318,000. Poop the bed. <laughs> what are you going to do with all those immigrants? I'm going to grind them up and uh, use them for fertiliser. All those immigrants here making an economy. Oh, it's f- helping our society function. Yes, being the economy. <laughs> I was. Uh, this is irrelevant. I'm changing the subject back to Radio Four. The other day, Radio Four. <laughs> He's my favourite. Oh no, there's Theresa May. Uh, uh, back away, back away from the whatever it is you're looking at. Yeah. Anyway, Unless yeah, she's walking past 4. your house, in which case, start throwing. Yeah. Radio Four. Radio Four. What about it? Um, they had a program on uh, the other day talking about uh, something, something or other. Uh-huh. And they well, said, which one was it? Was it something or was it other? I think it was other. They had a man okay. who was uh, explaining the abuse that he'd received at the hands of um, some terrible people in, in a country. I've forgotten so many of the details, but what I haven't forgotten is the language it was used. It's at 11.30 in the morning. Uh-huh. And they said, some listeners may be offended by the language used. Uh-huh. And he said, uh, the man was just reporting what had been said to him, and he said, effing N-word. But he actually said the word. Well, yes, indeed, he said he said both. Gosh, on radio four at eleven in the morning. I know, eleven in the morning, and I thought, well, thank goodness, well done. I just felt, I felt proud. I bet you that there were complaints. I, I didn't. Well, who knows? I mean, you'd have to be a pretty awful human being to complain about someone explaining the horrif- horrific abuse yeah. they received at the hands and of the authorities. Let's be honest, there are. Plenty of pretty awful human beings who yes. will be speaking to feedback. That's true. Now on feedback, we bring the producer of that program to justify his. You know, you can imagine. Call it, it. by its full name. Feedback is a testbed production. Feedback is a testbed production. Hasn't been testbed for years, but it always will be in my heart. It will always be a testbed production, indeed. Yes, with Roger Bolton. People are complaining. Apparently, in I haven't watched it yet, but apparently, in Game of Thrones, a lady gets raped. I, th- I have watched it. It's... Uh, don't say anything yet. I shan't but... spoil it for you, don't worry. But, but it's let me worth just... saying that it's the, the people who haven't watched it, who are loudly condemning it on the internet, haven't really haven't watched it. But also, a, a man was tortured, his skin was flayed, and his penis was cut off. Well, that was he's, fine. it's important to know that he's in the room at the time. That's the point of this scene. Well, of course, it's just that I, I now I, I can imagine who it is, and I know who it is, and I think it's very important that it happened because that that person who I imagine it is is a is unredeemable, and that just emphasises. But it's interesting that we discussed this before how because of our Victorian notions of of rapers as, as ultimate despoiler, that a man could have his penis cut off and be flayed within an inch of his life and turned into a dribbling slave is. Not really. Oh well, that's just telly. Whereas somebody's raped—that's that's beyond the pale. Very interesting. It's and I think I blame you and Christianity for that. Okay, that's fair. Okay, good. It's interesting. Anyway, I haven't seen it yet, so no. Don't well, spoil I, it. I, sh- I shan't spoil it. But what is so t- taking the gen- the general argument is that the program is too quick to use rape to um to give a character to uh, to embellish a character. It's just not relevant in this particular case. It's awful. It's horrible. I. Far rather that storyline weren't in there because it's just just well there are plenty of terrible storylines. Yes. Well, not... That's the point of you don't watch Game of Thrones for happily ever after. Well, exactly, but it and it, it, it's it's um yeah it and it doesn't I don't know if it necess- it was necessary to advance the plot because it apparently isn't in the books. It doesn't matter if it was necessary to advance the, the necessary to advance plot whatever the hell that means. Uh-huh. Um, it's ridiculous. What? What? On? 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 Who's author? Oh, I'm not. No, I don't even want to discuss. It's making me annoying. In the same way, actually, it's, it's quite funny. You're annoying. You're right. There was a. There was an. Uh, there was a, a little irony that I only realised at the end of it. Radio Four again. Radio they're, they're about. They announced that they're about to discuss um, trigger warnings in academe. You know, where people are now being told that they have to give trigger warnings before they study um, uh, ancient Greek literature because of the rapes and so on in it. And uh, they said, we're going to discuss it with a professor who has been told that they can't teach this, that and the other because it's too triggering. And you know what I immediately did? I immediately, I didn't realise the irony of what I was doing. I said, oh, no, this is just too much. And I ran and turned off the radio <laughs> after the, so, that, so that I didn't have to listen to that report. And I, it was such a relief when I turned off. Oh, thank God, I don't have to listen to that. And I said, hold on, you know what you've just done? We've got a brilliant radio in our kitchen. 
mm-hmm. that you tap the top of it to turn it on or off. So when the program is being really annoying, I can smack it. And it goes now away. on Radio 4, we talk about piracy on the... Exactly. Bop. <laughs> you just give it a little slap. So it's interesting that I, I, I want to discuss the trigger warnings thing with you, but I don't know if no, I want please to do it don't. on the podcast. No, don't. All I will tell you about trigger warnings, as I suspected, I've, I've done quite a bit of reading about it since we last had our argument, and I've read what actual uh, psychiatrists have to say about it and people who generally deal with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And the one thing that you don't it, it, it do in post-traumatic stress disorder is, is avoid triggers. You, As I suggested, you actually have to... Um, uh, confront those triggers. That's the only way to well, the dilute problem, their power. The... And also, they, as as I suspect, he said, the notion that the thing that actually happened to you will be the trigger is very, very uh, simplistic. It will usually be something that happened around you at the time. As I said, like if you were, let's say, you were being raped, and at the uh, while you're being raped, there was an advert for B and Q on the telly. B and Q would end up being the trigger, not talking about rape and things like that, because it's 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 your it's what it's what else your your sense is linking you to at the time. And trigger warnings are used primarily at the moment. They're, um, they're not scientific. It's pseudoscience. If you don't believe in um, acupuncture, you shouldn't believe in trigger warnings. No, so therefore you say, what are they being used for? And they're being used as a way, uh, as a power grab and as a way of closing down discussions and building uh, victim narrative. But they're not being used to close down discussions. They're preempting. They are. They, no, they, they, they are there before the discussion takes place. No, it is not. Christina, Christina Hoffmeyer, who's this, that, that, that feminist lady you don't Ugh. like, the, the, the Gamergate lady, she was, she was talking at a university and, every, uh, and there were a huge amount of protesters saying, it's disgusting, you talk here, you're going to be triggering all the students. Everybody come to our safe place instead where we've got some uh, Play-Doh and a dog. Uh, and it was very clear what the narrative was okay, being used for. Two, two, there there two are things. dangerous people. There are dangerous people saying dangerous things that you shouldn't listen to because their very words, the very words, cause damage. Two, two things. Number one, that's not the context in which trigger warning is is used. It's used to say this following article contains this subject. No, maybe in your ideal world, but it's it, it's leaked and it's not being used. Sure, being maybe used it's as leaked, a, but. That, but that's not uh, that's the, no. This is the interesting thing, John. I agree. That's where it was used, but now it's seeping into the well because anything can be triggering. Don't teach those classics at all because you don't know what in it will be. That's okay. the and that's the slope that's we've gone down. Condemned. The second thing is you can't just assume because you. I know you've decided you want to champion this lady because she uh, she in- entertains you by being on the wrong side, but. She's just a, an idiot and a liar. So why would you believe the rubbish that she's saying? She doesn't because she said it. You may as well believe UKIP saying, "Oh, political correctness has caused this to happen." No, I I watched the YouTube video of what the students were doing. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I did. Uh, these two large ladies came up and were basically trying to hijack the whole event and told everybody to go to the safe space instead i watched it because well, we, we as you say as you say any disagreement about students being capable of being monstrously stupid just look at the, what's happened to the nus in the uk Ugh. as a uh, that, that depresses me because the one thing you should experience in university is challenge and yeah, um, semantic discomfort but what, I, what I'm trying to argue this is, is not an extension of nursery school, and that's what worries me. It's, I agree. I being agree. Infantilized. I agree. But and you're using the language of 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 abuse victims to continue that infantilization, and I don't think that's helpful to anybody. But that doesn't change the fact that uh, for me, with my anxiety disorder, there are certain topics that, as if unfortunately to use the word, trigger the anxiety. They cause the anxiety to exhibit, and so if I'm in a particularly bad place, it's quite good to have some forewarning. Don't read this article because it's going to but act- how does anybody know uh, we how do i know what's going to trigger yeah, well, exactly anybody? so it's it vanity. An infinite it's, number of things it's, it's unquestionably vanity but um you could no, uh, what I, if again what if it what if it is a bnq advert do well I exactly no you're right signs sure. signs of bnq will appear in this spread. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem uh, because everybody is different in this respect what what causes uh, I, i'm sure i've told you this before i know i've told you this before but there was i was i once saw uh, when i was a kid by mistake i saw i think I, I saw a horror film or something a bit mm-hmm. of it and it didn't particularly worry me but uh when i was a kid i also saw a, a documentary about wild dogs in africa and i was utterly petrified about every time i heard a dog bark thereafter i went into a kind of 
cataclysm or, or of despair and and shaking in that. Now, are they going to? Should they have put a trigger warning at the beginning of the program, saying warning there are dogs in this program? Who knows why that set yeah. me off? And similarly, and that's why that that's if there were a guaranteed set of things that sure, okay, I understand that help people, then I then I would be prepared and say, yeah, that's only that's only decent. The problem is, it's a bit like it's a bit like arguing about whether somebody asked, should my child see um, uh, Big Hero Six, right? And they said, I don't know. Your child may or may not like it. You're going to have to try that yourself you can't you you can't does what does a pg mean it means something completely different depending on your child some children yeah. find you know judith finds certain things utterly terrifying that other children don't and vice versa you can sit through something that other children will be a gibbering wreck about and she'll just eh, mm-hmm. shrug her shoulders uh, because she's quite good at saying is this in this world or isn't this in this world? Right. If you tell her it isn't in this world, she's okay. There are other children who can't do that. So, mm-hmm. and I think adults have a similar situation. We're, we're we're too heterogeneous for trigger warnings. I think that's my main problem. Well, here's my if if I can only come in. My main problem is they tend to be used as a smug weapon. They tend to be there to say, yeah, and you won't believe how bad the thing I'm the person I'm writing about really is. Mm. They use that way. They used to, to kind of tr- attempt to emphasize the the badiness. Of the yes. vi- of the target of the of the article, well, Laurie Penny um, uses it a lot in that degree. Uh, she was almost using just just talking about Tories. She decided was triggering, and she actually people rightly said, you know, she was going about oh, this is a very bad evening for everybody, and I know there's uh, people this might be too much, and effectively she was intimating that people would kill themselves for the Tories won, and. Somebody rightly said, you know, you're making a mockery of mental illness. If you think that that's what mental illness is, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And you were just you were using those rhetorical devices to make your prose and and your experience seem more deep and important than it was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that is the case. I think you're right. It's used as a kind of hyperbolic emphasizer saying you won't believe what happened next. It's no better than the it's, it's, kind of, it's a kind of clickbait. You know, where they say the, the two strange, weird things that made my tummy flat click here to see what or or the, the, this dog yeah, looked through yeah. the gate and you won't believe what he saw. It's, it's no it's no more than that. It's a it's a cheap rhetorical device. OK, we're going to come to a deal. OK, let's we'll, let's make a deal. We'll ban the use of trigger warning only mm-hmm. if we also mm-hmm. ban the use of clickbait. Agreed. I don't like the word clickbait. You ridiculous. must have it thrown at you all, all the time. All the time. Oh, you made this article interesting and worth reading. Clickbait. Say that's the yes. logic. That's the rationale of it. You made this, you, say, you made this something I wanted to click on. How dare you? Um, okay. Great. Great. No, logic. but you know, no, no. But actually, to be fair, I agree. That's how it is used. But the way clickbait is supposed to be used is you have an enticing excerpt. And then and then you don't and then you don't live up to its uh, promise. I so suspect what, what frustrates you is, by God, I lived up to its promise. How dare you? It wasn't bait. Uh, it, it, it was it was the first first mouthful of a delicious meal. So that's so, so if we write anything about any political subject whatsoever within gaming, it's automatically labeled clickbait. Oh, it's just clickbait. You're just trying to get people to click on your website. What? Yes, yes, we are because we're a business. You know how uh, shops that sell sandwiches tend to let you know what flavours of sandwiches they sell. Or the shop that's, window, or they have something in a shop, or a clothes shop has exactly. something in the shop window. Yeah, that's, that's, sam- that's sandwich bait, that's shopping bait. That's door bait. Exactly, it's window it's bait. It's just, window oh, bait. yes, it's our job to write articles people want to read, you utter, utter cretins. Yes. Um, the other part of it is... Excuse like, me, I found that offensive to Christians. Thank you. The other part of that is, uh, so I recently wrote an article titled How Half... We talked about it last time, How Half-Life... Uh, killed the, the first person shooter right is it deliberately say, i have to say that did sound a bit provocative it's provocative it's a provocative however the article then goes on to talk exclusively about how half-life killed the first person shooter it's ex- an article that then opens up that argument and runs with it it's a retro- it's a piece of uh, of of um dialectic argument to try and make mm-hmm. this case right so mm-hmm. the title is appropriate to the case. The article itself is designed to make people go, what? How can you say that the best blah, blah, blah? And then reading yeah. and they hopefully by reading it go, oh, maybe he's got a point. Maybe there's a no, That's fine. I, I, I think... Clickbait. Uh, so, Clickbait. So, yeah. So so long as the syllogism is followed through, I don't yeah, mind. Of it's where if I actually... wrote how Half-Life killed the FPS and then wrote an article about my favourite flavours of marshmallows... Or how Half-Life killed the FPS, and then you wrote how Half-Life was really good, and there have been some quite good FPSs afterwards. Yeah, exactly. That would be a problem. 
So there you go. So we, we, the, the problem is that no one can be trusted with the word. And it's all Ben Kachira's fault. He's a... Uh, um, Who is he? I've heard his name. Why have I heard his name? He used to write for the Penny Arcade Report and then he moved to Polygon. <laughs> um, yeah. And he... Um, say, say Polygon again. Polygon. <laughs> <laughs> so when he was working for Penny Arcade Report, he wrote a series of appallingly ill-informed articles one of which was his explanation of how the games industry uses clickbait. And it was gibberish from top to bottom. Absolutely one of the mm-hmm. worst things I've ever read. And I'm very quick to call out ill practice in this industry. And it mm-hmm. has just been, it's become, it's become a textbook for idiots. And where did you say he works now? I believe, I don't know if he's still at Polygon or not. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if I say rock, paper, shotgun? Yay! Oh, that's good. I'm told that uh, by by people who know that you've become more popular. <laughs> is that is that people who know Jonathan and he knows? No, no. I, I've, I've, been look, I've, I've been looking at traffic profiles, and um, either you've become excruciatingly uh, inefficient, or you've become more popular. <laughs> is that Which is weird because last... PC gaming is dying. That's true. Mm. It's further proof. Yeah, no. In the last month or so, I've noticed there's been. Uh, some, you're writing something that's baiting the clickers. Oh, we're just, it's just non-stop clickbait from start to finish now. You're basically BuzzFeed. I'm looking at our numbers. They're pretty good at the moment. Ooh, ooh, that's about as what bad is as it has been. Who's, write, who's writing good things? Uh, Alec last week put up his uh, top... He spent uh, a week or more, I think nearly two weeks writing a the 50 best first-person shooters articles and he put absolutely tons into it and it got. I think that's brought in a lot of traffic. It's a very strong oh. article. Obviously, it, there, there were no good first-person shooters after... Um, after Half-Life 2. I know, it's embarrassing. They had to end his article in 2004, obviously. Yes. <laughs> Clickbait is a lot of you. Look at you and, and Laura arguing about cake on the Twitters. Well, I said she could have as much cake as she wanted. You got so cross with her. A little strop. I wasn't cross. I wasn't cross. I was amused. <laughs> well, she I was, said, we, no, were, actually, we were giggling no, said, at how cross you seemed. <laughs> Uh, no, I wasn't cross, but I, I kind of, I was just like, no, 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 genuinely, have as much cake as you want. Don't treat it as a forbidden fruit. Just, I, I don't mind. Look, people, if they desire cake, eat cake. But what I don't like is don't pretend that cake's your friend. Yeah. Eat the cake and know that it's destroying you, but enjoy it at that point. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, it's like saying, oh, I love the flavor of that rat poison. Okay, but don't pretend it isn't rat poison. Sometimes our relationship with food, bad foods, is we think, oh, because they make me feel happy, there's something... They're sort of my friend. They're sort of a, right. a cuddly thing. I just want you to know, whatever it's telling you in an aesthetic sense, it's 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 playing merry hell with you. And as as long as you can, you need to be able to hold those two thoughts uh, at once. And if you can do that, then enjoy. It's where people actually say, "Oh, I'm comfort eating my lovely food. Oh, it's a bit of my lovely my lovely little blanky food." No, that's what I that's what I get cross about. If you do it with your eyes wide open, then it's a bit like smokers today who would try and think, oh, well, it's all right. It's not that bad, really. And, you know, it, it calms me. No, no, I'm killing myself while I'm smoking, but I like smoking. Yeah. Then I have no problem. No problem at all with that. It, it's, it's like we're in a stage now where smokers no longer have that excuse of ignorance. And I want the same thing. I want the same for cake. And then if you want to enjoy your cake, enjoy it with a big, wide, open eye. The other eye. The <laughs> other eye, the other eye won't eye. be big and wide. The other eye won't be big and wide and open because it'll already have retinal damage by the glycation mm-hmm. that the cake's done. Yeah. Okay. How are you? <laughs> you know, that's great. Mm, me too. And you? How, how's married life treating you? How's Judy? Um, she's fine. She's she's she, she's uh, reading now aloud, which is nice. Oh, that's lovely. She she, she sometimes has issues with the past tense. Uh, she you know says locked. It's the d thing. She just wants to say long. The ed thing. What's also quite funny is the error correction routines are already kicking in. So she will see a word and she'll assume it's one word and it isn't because she hasn't read the end of it, but she'll just scan on. So it's yeah. amazing how quickly we start doing pattern matching and we stop doing the parsing each letter thing, um, which you have to do in English because English is crazy. Mm-hmm. But the way I've helped with that is I allow its craziness to be etymologically proven. So I'll say the reason it's it's got a k in front of knocked or knock is because we used to say knock and then she's fine with that oh, okay. it's, it's re- i say it reminds us how we used to say things and like through i say we used to say something like <laughs> but that was a bit difficult to say so now we just say through but the girl and the hair are still at the end there and for some reason uh, well not for some reason for obvious reasons she finds that 
quite helpful. Huh. Much more helpful than the English is orthography is crazy. You're just going to learn. No, it's it's there for a reason, uh, and it just reminds us about the way we used to say things. That's it. Cool. And she seems to have accepted that without any issue. And I don't know why more people don't do it that way. I suspect they think that etymology will confuse or upset a child, but they don't. Kids are always interested in knowing where things have come from. Why? Um, yeah, well, oh, uh, also the other day um, she heard the uh, the oven beep as it was coming. I saw to the this end of its from concert. Victoria. Yeah. Go on. I know, she, the oven beeped and she says, oh, no, we're all going to die. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> well, no, she said we're all going to die. And then Victoria said, uh, not, yeah. not, not yet. <laughs> yes, not yet. <laughs> and yeah, that's right. Said, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> Why did the oven beep convince her that we're all about to die? don't know but she also she, she also said her great grandmother says oh she's very old she'll be dead soon <laughs> so please don't say that in front of old people they don't like to hear that <laughs> it's so strange the how these these big concepts kind of seep in and how the children deal with them in a, with weird ways isn't it oh i can't wait for toby to become more interesting yeah, it, t- it takes a while, doesn't it? Uh, where has it, is he's, Does he have a... How old is he now? Seven months in... Uh, hang on, what's the date? He's, oh, he's six weeks... Six months, three weeks. There you go. Does he have any jargon words yet? No, he he says... He started going Abba when the cat comes in, but that's about no, it. No, no, that is a jargon word. Like, Judy, all animals for a while, cats and dogs, and that she called Diddy. Right. Uh, and so when when when... A, a jargon word it seems to be associated more often than not with something specific. Okay. Then that's where. Well, he's only got right it. now. He's only got ah, but he's got mama ma and baba ba pretty much, and he's got some words and some. Uh, uh, but no, uh, no is, son of dir yet at all. Is is mama ma, mummy, and is da 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 daddy, or are those just? I'm two? saying we don't have a dir, we don't have a d sound yet. We've got no, just but, b's okay. and m's. So is mama ma mummy? No, it's mama ma is sad. Mama ma mama uh. baba ba is happy and mama ma is sad. Okay, yeah. It's interesting. Judy got the D quite soon. Diddy was, of course, got an early one, so it's interesting to see. I, what, I'm surprised because D apparently comes in quite early a lot of the time, but it's so much you have to use your tongue to make D, whereas M and B are nice, easy lip word, lip letters. Mum, mum, mum. But that's why, yeah, that's why almost every language, mother, you know. Yeah, but where do I don't get the D thing? Kids say D really early. D's really hard. I don't understand. But he has, he doesn't say D, he just asks mum, mum, mum all the time. Ugh, children. He's a Toby bored now. Be 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 more interesting. But he's got. It'll probably come in about eight months. It's gorgeous when he chats away to himself though. But but he doesn't do the white noise. He does. He's, it's, it disappeared for a couple of weeks, but now it's creeping back in again. Oh, good. So that's good. And the terrifying squeaky noises, and I've been hearing those as we've been recording. Uh, it's interesting how children also learn from one another how to be enculturated into their childhood. I'll give you an example. Um, you, Jessica, who, who is my, 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 my brother's daughter, and she's one and a half, and she had a play date with Judy the other day. And Gregory tells me that Jessica, when she would run around, she would always run around happily, you know, kick the ball, whatever, and she wouldn't make any particular noise. Then... Judy came and they were running around playing after a ball or chasing something. And Judy did the little girl squealy thing, mm-hmm. you know, ah, running around squealing as she's being chased or whatever. She'd obviously learned from girls at her school who'd learned it from their older sisters and so on. Since then, Jessica <laughs> runs, uh, runs around squealing and that's come in. So, and so now Jessica just squeals every time she runs around. And that was not something she thought to doing. And now, of course, it's something that, of course, I squeal. That's just what little girls do. Yes. And and also the pink thing, of course. Judy's been introducing her to pink. Mm-hmm. And now Jessica is demanding pink things. And there's a book called Pinkabella that she demands gets read all the time. And and there was a, I bought her a, a little dress from um, America that's got a little pink frill. And she demanded it be put on. And Judy dress, Judy dress. So, you know, it's, it's very, Your very daughter is a bad influence. She is. She's been pink of. She's been pinkifying everything. But I don't mind that. I've decided. I. I. I don't. I said the problem isn't that little girls are obsessed with pink. The problem is that little boys aren't allowed to be. As I said, that's my issue. <laughs> yes. And I noticed that uh, Toby's always in very butch clothes. What are you somebody talking who was complaining about? about somebody who was complaining about uh, gender stereotypes. I noticed he was in a, a soldier's suit the other day. He was in an accountant's <laughs> outfit. He was wearing a sailor's outfit. You know. <laughs> 
builders, builders, merchants overall. That's right. Hmm. And that weightlifting suit we got him. <laughs> weightlifting suit. What's that? He's got a lovely. He's got uh, three pink t-shirts now. Shirts. Does he? Yeah. Does he complain? No, he doesn't. He's got his pink shirt that says, I absorbed my twin. Do you think he did? Who knows? Does anybody... Yeah, but here's an example. You could... He could be wearing that, and I'm not even being fatuous. Somebody could see that on the street mm-hmm. who had a very traumatic experience with a uh, one of the twins died, yeah. or they had that, and they could be triggered by that shirt. Well, here's the thing. They can only be good for the ignorance because you don't absorb a twin that is established. You absorb a twin at the cellular stage. Yeah, but they could still be very upset because one of their twins died or was squashed. (laughs) Well, that's sad, isn't it? Squashed twins are always an upsetting thing. This is not nice at all. Because you know know exactly what you've missed. (laughs) Anyway, let's, let's stop. Stop at squashed twins. Stop squashed twins. Well, we've gone over an hour. Twins are weird. Shush. Okay, well, let, we better stop so that we can fit ourselves on a CD. Exactly. Shall we say goodbye? Bye. Bye. <laughs>